Welcome back to another edition of the Alpha Babe podcast. I may be flying solo today, but that doesn't mean my topic isn't going to be banging. Stay tuned as I discuss all things shame and surrender. As always, this information on this podcast is not designed to diagnose, treat or prevent any condition. It's for information purposes only and a platform to share personal experiences. Please seek advice from your healthcare professional before making any changes to your current lifestyle. Stay tuned because the Alpha Babes podcast is about to go live in three, two, one. Welcome to the Alpha Babes podcast. We're here with the Alpha Babes sisters, Hannah and Mia. Hello, hello. I am so excited to be here and I feel like I need to just uphold my sister's health right now and just wish that she gets better because she's currently sick in bed, not even answering my phone call. So it must be pretty dire where she is. But anyway, we wish you well, Mia, if you are tuning in and listening. So we're going to talk about something pretty, maybe pretty heavy, um, but something that I feel is so important to talk about and it's about shame. Uh, it's a thing that we avoid uh, and I really just want to give you some practical tools around how to deal with shame. Um, I know in my life I, I wear it constantly, a big heavy coat of shame over different things that have happened in my life and it's just such a heavy, heavy thing to wear and uh, we don't need to. Uh, and I guess that's uh, the purpose of this podcast. It's only going to be pretty brief because, you know, I got no one to bang off or like bounce off, no tangents, no no ability to tangent when you're on your own. So we're going to dive really into this straight away. It's going to be power packed, full of info. Uh, but I guess I kind of just really want to describe what it, what it means to have shame. Now, everyone's going to have a different definition of this, but this is just my personal definition. Uh, shame are the things in your life that you don't want to put a light over. They're the things that you're not proud of. They're the things that you may have done in your past that you um, you feel embarrassed about. Uh, that you could even feel angry about some of the things that have happened, but they're pretty much the things that you want to keep hidden. Now, human nature, we, we, we just want to put our best foot forward. It's like the saying goes, you know, put on your face, go out and nobody will know that anything is wrong. Just put on a happy face. And I can remember this little story and I'm going to dob my mum in here, but she's got this thing and, you know, as kids, you know, we'd have like these mopey faces, you know, like or just, you know, not really doing the thing that we should do, but it'd be all over our face. And my mum, she would get her hand, just imagine like the palm facing towards your face and she'd start at the top of our forehead and she'd just wave her hand down across our face and her face would be representing the same. So it would go from being a sad face and then she'd put on a happy face. And it was like our, her way of saying, you know, it's time to move on. It's time to just to get on with it. But it, I think as I've got older and I've worked through a lot of my stuff, when, when do we take accountability for that shame? When do we actually say, okay, I'm ready to look at it. Uh, I'm ready to uh, not run from it and I'm ready to own it. And I think that if we want to really work through our shame, we, we've got to get to that place of, 
of owning it. And and my version of owning it is is surrendering to it. Um, because we give a lot of power to these things in the past. We give a lot of power to the shame that we may have experienced and we continue to the 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 longer we keep avoiding it. So shame and fear and your sense of identity they're all wrapped up into one in my opinion like no one wants to face your shame no one wants to face their fear sometimes people don't even want to face who they are what their identity is uh but at the end of the day until we do so we don't evolve as people so one of my most favorite authors and I'm sure that a lot of you have heard of her however if you haven't please look her up she's incredible her name is Brené Brown and she's like the guru on shame, uh, in my opinion, and and vulnerability, and also uh, perfectionism. And she's a, I think she's a social worker. She's got like a really long list of degrees, but essentially she's a researcher. And what she's done is she's interviewed thousands upon thousands upon thousands on what their definition of shame is and and why. And why they have it, and her conclusions really intrigued me uh, because it really like goes hand in hand with the beliefs that I'm kind of forming around this. But essentially, what she has said is that it's human nature to experience shame. We're all going to feel bad about something that we might have done, or you know, have that sense. I mean, that's to have empathy, right? If we don't feel shame, then you know, we're not really empathetic people. There is always going to be something that we look back and go, you know what, I didn't handle that properly or do you know what, I maybe shouldn't have said that or you know what, that reaction wasn't deserved or whatever it may be. We all experience it. Um, However, in her studies, what she came to see was that there was a huge connection between those people who felt shame a lot to those people who would feel it but could move on. So I'm really talking about the people who got stuck in shame. And she said that the strong connection with that was this deep sense of that that person not feeling good enough, um, not feeling connected or having a sense of belonging, that in their moments of vulnerability, when they have felt their most vulnerable, something bad has happened. And then, then they have therefore contributed their own reasoning, well, it's because of me. It's because I'm not skinny enough or it's because I'm not smart enough or it's because I'm not lovable, whatever it may be. But they've contributed this reason to this issue because at some point in their life, they've been really, really vulnerable. Uh, they haven't had a sense of belonging and they and they haven't felt loved. And really... That's what shame is all about. It's that early adoption of not feeling good enough. And it just it just floors me because there are so many times in my life that I have not felt good enough. I cannot begin to tell you without getting emotional about all those times where I just felt like I couldn't try and do something because, you know, I wasn't enough. And a lot of my thing has been I haven't wanted to be in the spotlight. I haven't wanted to be seen. So why even bother trying? So I've really been on the outskirts of life. And really it's it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating thing because, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a personal example. Um, 
So this whole social media thing, being on Alpha Babes, doing that, that has been, holy dooly, that has been a huge thing for me to overcome. So you want to talk about having, <laughs> you want to take a trip down memory lane and go back to 2017 when, you know, when I had a chat to my sister and I said, yeah, I've got this dream. I've got this dream of wanting to empower and uplift people to, you know, to be badass people, to face their pain, um, to to be victorious, to just have a better life the way that they choose, not maybe not continue the story that has been told for them. And um, a lot of my journey has been faced through not only counseling, but through the fitness world and facing fears and attacking things in that way. And me being a personal trainer, you know, I thought, yeah, let's do this. And she was like, Hannah, we've got to have Instagram. And I'm like, Instagram, what's that? Like, come on. I had no idea. I'm old people. I'm old. I didn't really know what it was. So she was like, well, we've got to do this. I'm like, okay, no worries. So what is it? So she showed me the app and she's like, listen, we're going to post photos and the photos have got to be good. I said, what do you mean photos? And so like I'd take a selfie and she's like, no, that's that you can't put that on Instagram. And I'd be like, what? Why not? And she's like, no, because it's not a good photo. And so as the story goes now, I know I'm making Mia sound out like a brat. Well, she is, she is a brat, but she was simply, you know, Miss Instagram, that's what I call my sister. She is Miss Instagram. And but what I was hearing that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. My photo wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough to be on Instagram. And then it got even further. It got to the point where, you know, we'd take photos. And if you've seen our account, you will see that there's a photo of Mia on her own, there's a photo of me on my own, and there's a photo of us together. Anytime that there was a photo of me, I wouldn't get as many likes as Mia. And again, that would reinforce me not feeling good enough. Oh, it's, I'm, you know, I'm too bulky. I'm not pretty enough. I'm too old. Um, you know, people don't like what I'm saying. They're only here for Mia. They're not here for, you know, anything. And it just reinforced again that feeling of I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. You know, and I'm like, oh, I'll just be the behind the scenes person. I won't get on social media as much. I'll leave that all to Mia. But, you know, as the story goes, you know, you've got to be on social media in order to build your brand and and share your message. And I think for me, I knew that my message was always there. I knew I had a really, um, I had a really strong calling on my life, and I've always felt that. Um, and I and I feel that the calling on my life is to provide hope and a way out. Um, and in order for me to do that, I had to I had to get really vulnerable. And I had to get on Instagram and I had to get on social media and I had to post photos of me in my gym wear. And um, I was really afraid of that. I was really afraid to be posting photos of me in bike pants and a crop top. And I guess I just didn't want the attention. I didn't want the attention. But then the double-edged sword was when I didn't get the attention of likes or comments or whatever it was I wasn't good enough and then went into that comparison of, you know, my sister's prettier than me, my sister's this, my sister's that. When Mia and I do a podcast on comparison, you'll understand why it has been such a big thing even just in our relationship and we will do that. That was going to be our topic for today but she's sick so you got me doing surrendering and shame and not feeling enough. So just something heavy, you know, that's just how I roll but for me – in order for me to get over these beliefs that I had, 
I had to surrender and just do it. And it was the hardest thing because when you are up against facing your fear or up against facing things that are uncomfortable for you, your natural reaction is to not want to do it, right? You just you think, no, too hard. I just cannot possibly, I can't put myself out there. But over time, the more you do it, the more you realize that it's not as scary as what you thought. But I think the thing with shame, if I'm bringing it back to this point, is that shame always comes back to not feeling good enough. There is always a point in your life where you've done something and then you've put this belief around it that, you know, that happened because of something that you did, right? And for me, you know, I I mean, there's so many times that I could rabbit on about all of these different experiences where I felt this, but it stops us from doing so much. A lot of the reason why, you know, I have only had the courage to speak up and share a message around mindset and and positivity and, and all of those things is because I've come from a deep, deep pain hole. A lot of my life has been painful. A lot of my life has had a lot of emotional pain. Um, And I've just had to, I've had to find a way through it. And (laughs) I can tell you that I'm a fighter and I can tell you that I've resisted it and I haven't wanted to look at it and I've wanted to run from it. But what I've learned is that the ability to face it, to, to surrender and just say, you know what, this is my circumstances. This is my part in it you know, I'm going to own this. This doesn't define me. This is this is purely just maybe a way for me to get rid of this limiting belief that I have. So now I'm going to side tangent because I really want to talk about limiting beliefs. So a limiting belief is a lie. It's a big fat lie that you tell yourself. And it could be as simple as this. I can't run because I, you know, I couldn't run as a kid or, um, you know, I'm not good at running because I'm short or, you know, I can't possibly um, go to university because all my teachers said that I was dumb, whatever it is. It's all a limiting belief. It's all something that you have created in order to not feel that pain. It's kind of like your escape. You can say, someone can say, oh, hey, Hannah, um, why don't you go and do your thesis in this? And I could turn around and go, oh, yeah, I can't really do that because, you know, I, I don't really like study. I'm not really that good at it. However, that's just got you out of doing that, right? And maybe you really want to do your thesis, but you've just got all these limiting beliefs that hold you back. Your ability to be able to unravel that, okay, and I see limiting beliefs sometimes like, a big sack of shit and you're carrying it around. You're just carrying around this big sack of shit of all these limiting beliefs, of all these things that you've taken on to be your truth and they're absolutely not. Once upon a time, they might have protected you. Once upon a time when you were six and you had someone laugh at you because you couldn't run, you adopted this belief that I can't run. Maybe at six that protected you but as an adult, you actually know that that's not true and you can run, you're still carrying it around. You're still making that excuse, I can't run for whatever reason. And so you've got this big sack of shit that you've got to work through and each limiting belief that you hold on to um, keeps you further away from your truth. 
And as you work through your limiting beliefs and you work through these things and, you know, they will just honestly, they're like dead rotting carcasses in your mind and they just hold you back from everything that you've ever wanted. And it's not until you identify, hey, that's a limiting belief. I actually can do that. I'm actually, you know, I'm if I just practice, I can get through this or whatever it may be. That experience then highlights the fact that that limiting belief uh, doesn't serve a purpose in your life anymore. You know, um, one of the things that, you know, I was so ashamed of was, you know, having to go over to my father's funeral. Now, we haven't spoken in detail a lot, but if you've been a follower of ours for a while, you'll know that our relationship with our father wasn't fantastic. And uh, a lot of our pain and a lot of our hurt was caused from this man. Um, and it's really hard because he's your dad, you know, like there's also some good things in there. You know, he's the most generous person I ever knew and uh, loved everyone. Um, there's always good in everyone. Um, but for me, when my father passed away two years ago, I had to make a decision about whether I'd go to his funeral or not. And uh, it was really scary to go to go over. And, you know, I hadn't spoken to my father in 10 years um, to that point. And I just I remember hearing the news of his death and I uh, remember being in fetal position crying, thinking, you know, my relationship didn't have to be the way that it was and why was it? You know, just that big fat question of why. Um, and uh, I just remember feeling so sad about it. It didn't matter that I hadn't spoken to him for 10 years. I just felt sad. I felt sad that he'd gone. I felt sad that my life had equaled this with this man in it. And um, I'd done a lot of counselling and worked through a lot of these issues. And uh, I just I, I said to my partner, I've got to go to go I've got to go to America I've got to go and I've got to um I've got to get the full circle here and um you know grief has many different stages and and I won't go into it right now but there's there's lots of different stages to grief and this was the final the final step for me to go and uh just um to a be there and and know that everyone was going to be there like family wise and stuff and um and, you know, my story was going to be there and they were going to know it. Um, but the main point of me going was I wanted to say goodbye. I wanted to say goodbye. And I remember I, I, I didn't want to say goodbye to him, even though that's what you think you do at a funeral. I actually wanted to say goodbye to the story, the story that was. Yeah, the story that was. Because I, I didn't want that story. Um I didn't want it. And I remember writing this letter. Oh, I'm emotional. And I remember just saying goodbye, goodbye to that. Because as I've gone through my stuff, I've realized that I have the power, I have the power to change anything. I have the power to be able to create a beautiful life. I have the power to stand in all my my glory in everything that I am. Um, but I have to sometimes surrender the story that was in order to move forward. And I remember going to his gravesite and I remember writing this letter and uh, I, uh, 
I dug it into the grave. I think it was at his feet, which is just such a symbolic way of surrendering, right? And I put it in there and I said goodbye. I said goodbye to it. I said goodbye to that story. Goodbye to that relationship that could have been different. Goodbye to all my hopes and dreams that I wanted as a daughter. All of those things. I said goodbye. And uh, I buried it up with the soil and I stood back and I felt calm. I felt calm and I felt like I'd done the right thing. I felt like I had said goodbye to that and that any step forward that I took was the story that I was going to create. And um, I said goodbye to all that shame and goodbye to everything there and, uh, and surrendered. And was it difficult? Absolutely. Did I feel uncomfortable? A hundred percent. Would I do it again? Absolutely. Because there is such a gift when you do so. When you just say, I can't control this anymore. I can't fight this. It is what it is. This is now my circumstance. This is what I'm being presented with. And it's up to me to make the best of it. It's up to me to make the most out of my life and as I stepped away I have done just that I have put myself into situations where I've been yeah really vulnerable being on social media you know all of those things that go through your head because my purpose is greater than my fear my purpose is greater than yeah all the shame that I might have felt because I know that I'm called to do something and whether that's just helping one person, whether that's just you listening, um, I, I've served my purpose and I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I think the thing, going back to what Brene Brown was saying, she was she was saying that so many people numb, they numb their shame, they numb their feeling of not being good enough, they numb it. But when they numb that, when they numb their vulnerability, They also numb their ability to experience joy and gratitude and all those other things because the way that we've learnt to numb ourselves is through being busy, too busy. I can't do that. I can't think. I can't process that. I mean, on a side tangent note right now, I mean, how much do we now multitask? You know, are you, you know, doing five different things as you listen to me right now? You know, why is that? Where is the ability to just be silent and just sit in our own thoughts? Where has that gone? Our device, our mobile phone, that just draws us into this vortex of not being connected, even though you think you are being connected, but it's not. And really, it's isolating and lonely because you're not connecting with real life people. You're just sort of on the other end. But another thing is it consumes you. It doesn't allow you time to process and just think and just be still. And I think if I'm really honest with you, you know, how do we know when to surrender and how do we know when to fight? You'll know in your quiet moments. You'll know when you're just sitting there and you are still and and a word will pop into your head and you'll come up with whatever you need to do And as soon as you say it out loud or as soon as you tell somebody else or as soon as you actually do it, you have the sense of calm. You have a sense of calm. That has always been like my thermometer to knowing whether I am doing the right thing for me. So, 
we have to surrender. We've got to let go. We have to, we have to say this is what it is and uh, I own it and uh, I want to have the ability to move through it because moving through it means that I'm evolving. It means that I'm growing. It means that I'm saying I want to accept gratitude and joy into my life and that I'm deserving because at the end of the day, you are good enough. We just keep telling ourselves that we're not, but you are. You are incredibly beautiful and courageous and strong and smart and funny and all those things that you identify as good, you are those things. You've just got to stop telling yourself that you're not because you are. So I guess in a nutshell, we kind of went a little bit all over the place, but hey, you know that with me is I just, I really just want to bring that to your attention. The things that you are often wanting to hide and the things that you aren't wanting to face are the very things that you need to face. They are the things that you need to work through. They are the things that you need to surrender and say what is, is what is. And please allow me to move forward, forward so that I can evolve into the next chapter of my being. So there we go. Nice and quick, 25 minutes, guys. But anyway, interested to know your thoughts. Like always, love to hear your thoughts, whether that's a review on our podcast or whether that's a comment on social media or whether that's just a private DM if you're just not comfortable with putting your name out on a comment or anything like that. That's totally fine. I completely relate. But like always, we're here to help. Um, We've had a pretty... uh, a pretty hectic life. We've probably experienced more than what we should have. However, with that has uh, has come that ability to be able to hopefully help people and walk alongside of them. So like anything, guys, love connecting with you. Love you being a part of our audience. And um, we can't wait to, to just continue to grow uh, this platform. We absolutely love podcast days. So wherever you are, whatever you are doing, please remember that you are enough and it's in those dark moments that you need to be still because the answer will be right there waiting for you.